There's so many things you can't control. The one thing you can't control is your ability to try new things and to learn on the job, because that's what we're all doing right now in this bigger, more important thing that's going on. The C4L podcast is brought to you by Freshworks. Freshworks' vision is to enable companies and organizations of all sizes to nurture, acquire, and support customers for life. I'm Alan Bergson, and together we'll explore topics that give you the building blocks to better prepare your company to engage with your stakeholders. That is, your employees, your partners, your prospects, and yes, your customers. The C4L Podcast, helping you build the trust necessary to earn customers for life. Welcome to the C4L Podcast. I'm Alan Bergson, and my guest today is Brent Leary. How do I describe Brent? Uh, he's an independent CRM analyst. He's an Amazon pundit. And he's actually an aspiring network, the BBC, the Brent Broadcasting Company. So <clears throat> we'll hear all about that today. Welcome to the C4L podcast, Brent. I already feel right at home because the name, the title, C4L, hmm, where did that come from? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of my audience, the C4L podcast owes its name to the one and only Brent Leary. Thank you, Brent, for naming the podcast because Customer for Life was just too much of a mouthful. He's like, nah, just call it the C4L. I think it, you, Brent. it fits perfectly with what you're doing here. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad to get you on. You, you, you're usually on the other side of this microphone. So I'm glad to get you on the, uh, on the interview side, which I don't think you do as often. Not as often as I, I broadcast now, let's put it like that. <laughs> well, that's one of the things I want to talk about. So um, two aspects of being a customer for life company are communications and agility. Uh, as technology changes, it's incumbent upon organizations to adapt their communications and to continue to not only educate customers, but to create a framework and an opportunity for dialogue as well. Um, it's not just that we know we're not in a broadcast world anymore. We know that, that there's, we have media, there's social media, there's other kinds of media. You've been a pioneer um, and, and you've, ex you've done a lot of uh, experiments. You've had your successes. You have your, you had your, maybe, I don't, I don't know about your failures, but maybe you want, you can describe that because sometimes learning from what, you, what worked and what didn't work. Um, but uh, today I want to talk about how do you, let's talk about how do you, uh, Communicate your audience using some of this uh, you know, video technology, but it's not just video because you have engagement too, because you're, you're, you're live streaming stuff like that. Well, I mean, you know, particularly current, the current time we're in, you know, there's never been more need for effective engagement, effective communication, uh, being able to relay important information in a way that people are going to be accepting of it. Um, I think, man, we're living in those days and times right now more than ever. And so um, I, I guess I was fortunate. I got started. Um, I used to do a, a college radio show back in the eighties and nineties. And that just, I've always had the bug uh, since then to, to, you know, communicate in kind of different ways. And, and I thought those days were behind me. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, over the last decade or so, they kind of came back in a way that I wished I could have done it back then, but the tools weren't there. But now they're here 
and and it's amazing to see not just me, but it's really amazing to see how people are reimagining, I guess, the way that they communicate and collaborate and the ability to do to do it differently because the tools are accessible and they're affordable and you're able to do things you just never were able to do back in the day. And I think that's really what's been of interest to me. And then kind of bringing it to CRM and, and customer engagement, you know, the same ways that uh, we communicate for work, you know, actually I, I would, I think I should say the same ways that we've been communicating at home. We've always wanted to be able to communicate at work, you know, the same way. Um, and now the tools are enabling us to, to take the kind of relaxed style that we use at home, um, the relaxed way that we're able to communicate, and we're actually able to incorporate it more into you know business. I mean, look at the, the the pandemic and how broadcasters who are used to going into a studio with millions of dollars of equipment around them and and being able to really you know do things that we just would would love to do. And now they're forced to play on our level now. <laughs> and it's kind of funny to see that. And well, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's it's not just that they're forced. The technology available to us is getting closer and closer to the technology that's only available to the to elite, you know, broadcasting. Um, you know, look, I've been playing with my Adobe Premiere, so I'm having fun with the video as well. But let me dig into this piece because there's one, one aspect, there's one word which we didn't use when we talked about video, which I think is the one that scares organizations the most. And that's the word live. If I talk to organizations about doing video, oh, yeah, we do video. We record it and then I, I give it to my design team and they edit it. They add some nice pretty music to it and they, and they you know, add some cool graphics and then they, and they spit it out and that's our that's our video. That's how we engage with our customers. With video. You, you left out the script. They got a script that they use when they do these videos too. You can't leave. And the they script. got a, <laughs> and they got a script. Yeah. So, but the, well, and that's the whole point. It's all scripted. Um, live is scary for organizations. Live means I don't have, I, I, I don't have control. Right. Uh, live means anything can happen. But there's a flip side to it. Live is engaging. Live is now. Live, and, and it also it gives you that ability. And when I say it's engaging, it's not just engaging because people like to watch it, but it gives you, and I know you do this all the time, and maybe we can talk about that. It gives you the ability to engage live with people as you're doing it. Well, that's the key. That's the difference between, uh, you know, kind of the traditional way that people used to watch TV and, and, and watch things. And now, I mean, the perfect example, I think, is you saw like the NFL draft. I mean, that was something that, you know, has been done the same way for your decades, for the most part. You know, that used to be every year at Madison Square Garden, but it, it's at some big, fancy location. And, and people, you know, they, they gather just a, a certain number of people are allowed into the thing. And, and then they go about their business and they have cameras all over. And, you know, that's nice. But it's uh, wait, wait, wait. One way. The, the, uh, I'm a Jets fan. The NFL has a draft. You can actually get new talent onto your team. <laughs> well, you know, you want to know more than most. I mean, you guys are usually in the top there <laughs> drafting for, you know. Yeah, but it's usually in the Jets draft. <laughs> and all the Jets fans are like, who's that? No, no, it's just booze. You know, a cascade of booze usually. But, right, right, right. But, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, that's, it, but it's been, you know, done 
the same way year after year after year, even though these have these all these great techno- technological developments. But then this year happens and they couldn't do it the same way. And so they were forced to do it, you know, virtually. And the funny thing happened. Viewership went up like 32 percent in engagement levels. We just did a, a CRM players episode with uh, this company, Zoom, to do this social media report around, uh, you know, brands. And they specialize in sports and they showed uh, over five point six billion piece interactions taking place around the draft and TV viewership of 32%. So because they were forced to do it differently than they've traditionally had, they found out that not only do people want to watch it, they want to be a part of it. They want to be able to to share their, their thoughts and, and experiences around it with not only with each other, but with the NFL. And so I think what they've, they found is a, is a goldmine that, now let's do things. Let's let's look at how we can leverage these ways to collaborate and bring our audiences even closer to what's happening. And I think you'll see not just sports uh, leagues do that, but you're going to look at brands trying to do that as well. I mean, we were originally uh, kind of skeptical about how, you know, all these corporate events that you know guys like me go to like. 2025 20, events a year uh, as an analyst going to see what's going on with these different companies. And when all of these face-to-face events start get, started getting canceled, my first thought was, I hope they just don't throw up a, a virtual event without really thinking it through and taking advantage of what you can do. I'm not going to out right. anybody, but the first event was just like that. <laughs> it's like a dude sitting in his in his uh, living room with a, just with a, a, a camera, a shaky camera in his face. And a not, script. <laughs> and a script. Hello. I, I mean, and it, that was just so disappointing. But what I think is happening is companies are learning from that. They're learning from what the NFL did. And I think you're seeing more originality, a lot more creativity, and a lot more uh, engagement being brought into these potentially bad scenarios of just trying to port a live event to a virtual event. You know, what is it about a live event? So, and my family sat around and watched, uh, there was a, and here, you talk about sports, I want to talk about Sondheim. Sondheim's 90th birthday, and they had a, they had a virtual concert. It was two hours. I, I haven't gotten my family to sit around and watch anything live other than like the, the, you know, the Tony Awards ever. But we all sat around and watched it. What was yeah. there's something about live that is compelling? Uh, w- w- it, you know, that because if it was just on, if they said, here, we record it, maybe I'd watch it, maybe watch individually. But that's the NFL draft. Suddenly it was live and yeah. it was engaging. And it was it was different because you saw different perspectives that you never had seen when it was done the traditional way. Like, you know, when a general manager makes the pick and they announce the pick, you see his little kids come in and start giving them high fives and hugging them. And right. it was it was something you would have never seen the traditional way that they broadcast it. But and then after one guy did it, you can see like all the other families are like, all right, what are we going to do next? And so. So it brought a whole other element and it, it was another engaging kind of way of presenting an, an experience. And I think that's how you do it. But now let's let's look at it like this, too. It's not just the live event. It's also an event that is being documented that happened 22 years ago. 
the ESPN 30 for 30 on, they call it the last dance, talking about the, the Bulls last year together, you know, Michael Jordan's right. last year as a Bull. You know, all this footage is from like 22 years ago, mind you. And that's all that everybody is talking about because of, you know, we're, we're once again, we're kind of trapped and they are rolling it out as a traditional like set of episodes. But it's the way that they brought those experience together. They didn't just do the traditional you know, footage. They're bringing in, you know, things that we've never seen before that maybe they hadn't anticipated bringing out. But once again, it's an it's a, it's a way to tell the story. And you're, you're all about the, the narrative thing there. It's a way to tell these stories and bring them to life in a way uh, that maybe they wouldn't have done it the same way five or 10 years ago. But now with social media, with trying to bring in uh, uh, people's actions, interactions, they've created something that now is must-see TV. It's appointment television again. Who who thought we'd be talking about appointment television right. in 2020? Right, right. No, we used, that used to be, okay, 8 o'clock, it's time for prime time. We got to go sit down and watch whatever whatever your stuff was, right? Right. My my, my kids don't even know what a, uh, what a when a show is on. Uh, <laughs> it's on when uh, they want to watch it. That's no, well, the, fun, no, the funniest story is when they were little, they loved Dora the Explorer. And uh, I would, uh, on the DVR, I would record five episodes. I'd have it so they can always, anytime they wanted to watch, I'd, they, they could watch Story of the Explorer. Well, we were in Disney World. And they said, can we watch Dora? And I said, it's not on. That, they didn't understand. The concept didn't, what do you mean it's not on? It's always <laughs> on. I just hit the button and I hit play and it's on. <laughs> you know, so appointment television. There, there's something about uh, the, the that the the, the real time aspect of it. There's something about the authenticity. I, you know, you notice in the past people would go to great lengths on video calls to clean up whatever it is that they you know that you know, the, the, how they're presenting. Now you got kids coming over. You got dogs sitting on their lap. You've got you know <laughs> you know whatever right. It, it's kind of, and, and there's an authenticity to that, right? Well, I was watching one of those the network. Uh, uh, TVs, not network, uh, cable news shows. And you're right. I mean, they got dudes coming in. Oh, you guys want to see my dog? Here's my dog. You know, and that would have never happened before. Or, you know, they're a newborn baby. Oh, here's the newborn baby. So it's and it's off. Like you said, it's not like they're just they're doing this, putting it on for it just to do it. It's because it's natural. I mean, you're sitting at home, you're doing your job and here's your dog. You, your dog usually come, probably comes over to you when there's not a camera on and you pet your dog. So you do it now. And people are like, oh, that's cool. You know, that's real. That's someone like me. I think that's something that's that that we're it's surprisingly refreshing uh, when you look at, you know, pe- people don't do business with companies. They do people business with people. And when you see the person behind it and that that's a real person that they you know, their their kid their kid comes in crying too, or you know, or there there's dogs barking in the background, or <laughs> you know, it, their, their 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 room is a little messy because you know my room is a little messy. Um, yeah, that, it there's is. an authenticity. <laughs> this is my wife's office. <laughs> Blame it on the wife. No, my, huh? no, 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 no. My desk is much worse, and I apologize, Jenny. No, you know, she's great. My, see, uh, is- I, 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 this a is, clean this desk is, is a sign of a sick mind. That's what I've heard. <laughs> but I mean, but this is the kind of stuff like, you, you know, we, me and, and Paul Greenberg, we've been doing this thing called Seer and Players for 12 I think this is our 12th year. And, uh, and all it was, was us, we would have these regular conversations, 
about what was going on in the industry, you know, and they would they could last for a long time. And for whatever reason, I you know, I thought, you know, why don't we just start your know, recordings? Why don't we make this a podcast? Because we're talking about some stuff. Maybe some other folks might be interested. But the thing, you know, and we started doing that and people started, you know, really paying attention to it. But what I think why people seem to gravitate towards it is because it's it's not scripted and and it's not polished. And we just talk about what what we want to talk about. And and it's done in a very conversation. You know, we'll start riffing on stuff. But I, I think it, it goes to what we've been talking about. It's it's using the technology to kind of amplify what you would, who you are, not, not change who you are, but it just allows you to, to kind of amplify and, and reach more people with who you are. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot of people do with this stuff now. And I think it's great. Well, so I'll, I'll speak for myself. I use myself as an example um, because I think my, my uh, sensibilities are, are fairly average. I, I don't. Ex- I don't think of myself as extraordinary in the sense of what I what I think is interesting or, or, or that kind of thing. And w- when you guys do your shows, I, I watch them recorded, but there's nothing like being on it when it's live. And I know you guys make fun of me, but be- but being able to engage, you know, that's not something you normally get to do with your content. And so, being getting to be part of the conversation, or at least feel like you're you're involved and being validated your participation is being validated right even if you're just saying hey you know people i see it all the time they're on and the people who do it well they're on a, a live you know uh, broadcast to, to linkedin or to facebook or to twitter whatever it is and they say hey brent how you doing hey and they, whoever they see showing up in in the feed because it's like yeah it brings us in there's something about that because you've done a lot you've done that a lot what is your experience with that how do you you know how, how do you encourage that? What, you know, what, what is that like? I am a pretty sarcastic uh, person. I like to do a lot of jokes. So I don't just want to say, Hey, I, I want to like, you know, really personalize it to the point. Like, Hey, I'm glad you're watching something. That's not as depressing as watching the jets, Alan, you know, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, it I, I enjoy it. And I think, you know, you know, the other person enjoys it because it's not just, you know, it's not just I wanted to do a, a quick hi to so-and-so, you, which is good. It's good to acknowledge it. But, I, you know, I, th- there's more to it. I want to really I really want you to know that I'm talking specifically to you and I'm and I know who you are beyond your name, if, if at all, if I do know that. So I, I you know, and, and Paul is the same. Well, Paul is like the nice acknowledgement guy. like Paul will do the injury you know on like on the happy hours Paul Paul will not let somebody just say their name in their company no he's gonna sell you this person is the absolute best at whatever right and it's great and it makes and it makes both Paul and the person feel good I on the other hand I'm there I'm the flip side of the acknowledgement I'm going to point out something that's going to you know, make you not feel as good, <laughs> you know, but it's all done in fun. And I think because right. we're, we, we compliment each other really well in that regard, people know that, you know, there, there's going to be, you know, uncomfortable praise and maybe more comfortable ribbing. And it makes for a pretty interesting combination. Well, let, let me ask you a question that uh, maybe you thought about, maybe you haven't. How does it 
change, you know, you, you've done recordings where you know there's nobody watching, um, and you've done recordings where you know there are people watching. Uh, how does it change your mindset? What is it? It's got to have an impact. Actually, it doesn't have that much impact. It, 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 now, there are things that do impact the way I approach it. For example, uh, I do CRM players with Paul Greenberg. And I and I have a you know, we have our interaction and our the way that we communicate. And then I do a show called Watching Amazon with my buddy John Lawson. Totally different way of talking to each other. <laughs> but totally different. But it's it's me. It's it's me talking to Paul for CRM players. It's also me talking to John Lawson for uh watching Amazon. But it's all about the dynamic that you know, you have with the person you're, you're talking with, that's, that kind of makes the thing. And then I do a one-on-one series for small business trends. And that's definitely more, um, you know, professional, I guess you would say, I don't know if professional, it's a little bit less uh, jokey because I, you know, I don't know the people as well. And it's a, it's for a different kind of, audience and setup. So I approach that differently. And then, you know, I just did something, you know, uh, some of the, the work I do for vendors, you know, you always have to take in consideration what, what they're looking for to put in front of their audience. And you want to make sure you, you, you hit on those marks. So it, de- it really depends on the situation about all that stuff. I, I, but I want to dig in on the engagement piece. Cause I think maybe you do it, you don't even realize it and you don't realize how hard it is. I see you on these broadcasts, you're having the conversation, and then you'll take a look at the stream. What's happening on LinkedIn? Who's commenting? What's happening on Facebook? Who's commenting? Um, that requires a different mindset. You're not, just, you're, you're not just having a conversation with the person that you're sitting next to you, quote, you know, figuratively sitting next to you, but you're also have an audience that you're trying to bring into that. And, and you do it well. Um, I don't, maybe you realize how hard it is or maybe you don't because it, not a lot of people do that well. Oh, I appreciate that. No, I, I, I don't know if I think about it as much, but, um, what I do want to make sure, and once again, it's easy to do this with Paul and with John more easier because I know them so well. Uh, they also like to talk a lot, so it's easy. You have plenty time to think. <laughs> what am I going to say now? But. I, but with like the one-on-one series, it's important for me to really listen and and take in what you know my, my guest is saying, so that I have well questions that I have personally. I mean, I think when, as I listen to people talk, most of the questions I uh, that I ask them are right. I'm just totally interested in it. It's not me trying to set them up for anything. Sometimes you have to do that, but some of it's just like, oh, what about this? And then, you know, looking at what's going on with, with the folks who are, who are watching or listening, it's like, yeah, that's a good thought too. So-and-so, you know, wants to talk about this. So a lot of it is just really uh, wanting to, to have good conversations, wanting to ask good questions and wanting to incorporate good thoughts, even if they're not mine, into the conversation. Uh, like I said, I think you do that instinctively without realizing the le- the increase in uh, in interest and engagement it creates for your audience. Um, it makes it much more compelling to know that 
you can have an impact on what happens on the screen. You're watching football. You, you can say all you want. You're not impacting what's happening on the field. <laughs> I don't care what, what uh, Mike Greenberg says. It doesn't impact it. Well, um, we still you, try, though, so, you know. But we still try. And, you know, and you still wear your lucky socks or whatever it is. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you, you have your rituals. Because um, I'm thinking about there's a lot of brands out there who are – Thinking about well, first of all, right now, ha- how do I continue to engage when I don't have on I don't have on site events, I don't have in person events, um, I don't want to just do broadcast because that's stupid, um, and I'll say that. <laughs> um, had, but uh, so, live video is a great way to to create an an, a, an opportunity for not just education but engagement. Um, so from that perspective, uh, you know, what advice would you have for, for, uh, not just the person who's doing it, but there's a brand, but there's a brand manager or there's a, there's a product manager or product marketing manager sitting there saying, I'm going to do what live hmm. and it, and, and wait, I, I don't, I can't control that. And how does that work? And, you know, I, I've got unscripted stuff happening, you know, what advice do you have for that? What, how, how do I navigate that? Yeah, I think you got to just be open to trying and experimenting and starting small, you, you know, and, and be prepared for things to not go the, the, the exact way that you thought they would, you know, because that, that hardly ever happened. When's the last time a plan actually worked out the way you scripted it to? <laughs> I mean, it just right. doesn't happen. I mean, you know, we're sitting in the midst of a pandemic. Nobody scripted what's going on with this, trying to deal with this thing. So, but we're dealing. And I think, you know, this is, this is, you know, you can almost take away, you know, the, one of the big takeaways from this is you got to get out there and, and try and be prepared to dance, tap dance, because, what you think might happen, chances are it's not going to happen. So you got to be comfortable with, you know, operating in that environment. And then, you know, start small. I mean, you know, you take one theme, one concept, one conversation, one person, and just go it, go for it. You know, you don't have to, like, you know, promote it to the nth degree when you're first getting started. Matter of fact, don't promote it to anybody. <laughs> just, just start. Just try just, doing it. Just start it. it. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, you'll you'll get a rhythm. You'll 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 get used to, you know, being out on the tightrope, so to speak. But you can't control. There's so many things you can't control. The one thing you can't control is your ability to try new things and to learn on the job, because that's what we're all doing right now in this bigger, more important thing that's going on. And that brings us back to the, how I started the conversation, which was communications and agility. And it's, that's really the, the future of every, you know, everybody says, you know, when we get back to normal, like there is no normal. Normal, the, 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 the normal is, is what we thought yesterday was, but we don't even think that, we don't even know what it really was. Right. Uh, there, so there is no normal. So it's, 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 it's this constant agility, adaptability. Um, one of the things that I find uh, you, you talk about authenticity. You talk about uh, at, you know, live streaming. Um, I, I've been watching you DJ <laughs> on, 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 and there's something about DJing that uh, is it's it. You're a storyteller to a certain extent. You're a yeah. You're you're creating um, an experience, um, and it's, it's a collaboration. It's a collaboration. I mean, because. 
what a DJ is supposed to do is to move the crowd and to keep the crowd moving and happy and and interacting. And so you play a song and there's going to be some immediate feedback. And what you do with that immediate feedback tell, you know, tells you, you know, what kind of not just DJ you're going to be, but what kind of communicator are you? Because if you see the crowd starts to thin on a song, then you want to get something else on real quick because you want them to come back and you want them to build on, you know, the excitement or the happiness and you want them to extend it. And all of that is give and take. You play, they react, they dance, they leave the, they leave the, the floor or they, you know, you, you say, uh, put your hands in the air. And if they don't, that means you're in trouble. <laughs> so, so, so it's all about, you know, acting and, and reacting to the signs, uh, you know, that they're giving you. And that's business. I mean, that's business uh, communications one on one. You know, you put something right. out there. You want people to respond positive to it. You want them to act. You want them to sign up for this or, you know, log on for that. Uh, and if they don't, then you know that there's an issue and you try to figure out how do I, you know, fix this. So but we're DJs are just doing it in, in real time because we get that immediate feedback. And and now, you know, this because there's a bunch of fresh, fresh works guys that are, you know, they they're at bedroom DJs. Now they're on, you know, Twitch and right, Instagram. Right, right. There's a bunch of us. I mean, I've got stuff from like. 30 years ago, like my 1200s, I bought those in 1990. I kept them because I'm a DJ. I, I never know when you're going to need the 1200s right. from 30 years ago. I didn't. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, you know, modern DJs who are out there working now with the pandemic, they, there's no party. There's no dance floor. You know, so the, what people started doing is like these virtual DJing events where they're, you know, basically performing for the you know the world now instead of the folks that were just in there in in the in that event and it's taken off like gangbusters because people are loving this they're loving watching guys like uh, D Nice and DJ Jazzy Jeff and and other you know well-known DJs do this so much to the point where guys like me bedroom guys bedroom DJs are like hey you know I could do that too and it goes back to what we were talking about. We don't just want to watch. We want to be a part of it now. And this technology right. is allowing us to do that. And, and everywhere you look, it's not just DJs. It's everything. Esports. You know, people are watching uh, you know, th that one Denny Hamlin, I think, was playing the, that race, esport race. And his little right. daughter came up and did something and knocked the, you know, turned the thing off. And he was like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like all of us are, are trying to find the, what may be the new normal. Uh, and we're able to do it in a more, you know, more active way than maybe we were doing before all this took place. This is a great analog for how organizations are, have, to, have to rethink their events. Um, you know, as a DJ you're not going to have your entire floor full for four hours. You're going to have a cadence. You're going to get, you're going to get them up. They're going to do a run. It's going to be, I don't know what the timing is. Is it 45 minutes? Is it an hour? But then, you know, they're going to have to take a break. They're going to get a drink. They're going to, you know, they're going to talk. And so you, you serve up different kinds. You're not going to serve up the same music during that break 
or the same kind of music during that break as you do during during you know a live dance. And so brands have to think about a cadence of how do I you know they're just used to just let me just throw everything out there, <laughs> but I got to do I got to do some you know get get people excited and engaged give them a chance to step back and engage, you know, different, different levels of content. Right. Well, even as a DJ, you go into the night with your sets, like you, you know, I got my R and B set. I got my rap set. I got my house music. I have my club. I have my slow jams. And, and you, that's your, so you go into it with a game plan. You, you bring all this back in the day, you used to have to you know, bring these things called crates with crates had these things <laughs> called records in them. And, and we had to bring like three or 400 records at a time. <laughs> Lots of stuff you had to bring. So because, and, but you had to be ready for whatever happened. So even if you had your game plan, that game plan you knew was going to be interrupted because, oh, they're not, they're not feeling the R&B tonight. I better go to the hip hop. Oh, they love the hip hop. I better extend the hip hop. Oh, it's time for a slow jam. Got to give them a little bit of break. I mean, so you 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 go there. And then, with of course, the ex- excuse me, Mr. DJ, can you play? Well, we, <laughs> we don't even have to get into that. But no but, request, no request. Yeah. But but it's all you know. You have your building blocks, so to speak. You might have a plan, but just know that that plan is going to be interrupted, and you're going to have to be ready to go off script and do what the you know do what the feel of the crowd is telling you to do. That's business. That's marketing. That's all that stuff. So let let's let's see if we can wrap this up in terms of a a small piece of advice for the product marketing manager out there who's thinking about how do I start with it? Do I start with an hour's worth of content? Do I start with five minutes worth of content? Do I start with my customers? Do I start with, I mean, just give me, what would be, how would, if you were going to give them advice just to get, I got to do something, right? And granted, who knows how well it's going to work, but where do I start? Yeah, I don't know how well it's going to work. I'll just tell you, you know, some of the things that I've noticed, um, because I've been, I, I think I did my very first video interview 10 years ago, uh, this past April. And I, I had no idea I'd been doing this kind of stuff for that long. But, but what I've learned, especially recently, is, you know, this live stream thing is really important. Because for some of the reasons that you talked about, you know, the whole, I, the ability to interact with somebody as opposed to just listen to them. That's, that's a big thing. But... On top of that, what I find is, you know, this conversation, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever, that's long. That's a long time. It's hard, uh, you know, outside of maybe your wife and maybe, I don't know, my mom might listen to this whole thing. Chances are most people aren't. But record the whole thing. Then try to find little pieces of, of the conversation, a minute long, two minute long, that are really good, really tight really tell a good story, all encapsulated in a minute to two minutes. Take that, put it out there, put it on, you know, social networks, put it in places where the audience that you're looking for is, is, and that minute, two minute goodness could draw so much attention to the full thing uh, that you might've thought was a failure after you first recorded because, Oh, it only got 10 views or whatever. But the right snippets, the right pieces from that conversation, that could not only draw a lot of views just on its own. And I've, I've, I can attest to I did a 30 minute live stream uh, with somebody. Actually, I, I can tell you one that's right up the alley here at the very first refresh conference. 
I sat down with Grish for about 20, 25 minutes. Had a great conversation. 25 minute long conversation. It did pretty well on LinkedIn Live. I think it, it the the full conversation got like 2,500, 3,000 views. Good. Really good. But I found this really great minute, minute and a half long piece of him talking about why he doesn't view himself to be a CEO. He he views himself as a support guy who became a CEO more than he views himself as a CEO. Right. And he talked about it for, I think it's like 90 seconds. I was like, man, this is some good stuff. So I cut that out, edited it, put it up on LinkedIn. And that third uh, minute, 30 second clip got about 14,000 views. Wow. And I always look, you know, views are one thing that tells one story. But the thing I really like is the total minutes of listening for a clip. So a 90 second clip got 2,500 minutes of viewing. Wow. Wow. That means somebody didn't just go for 10 seconds and leave. There's a, no. there's a lot of people who. Yeah. When you, when you can take a, a, like a two minute clip and turn it into like 50 hours of, of uh, watching, you're doing something. And so, and, and on top of that, that gets people to say, man, that was a good two minutes. I need to hear the rest of this thing. And guess what? So now you, you're getting more views and eyeballs over to the long form. So just go on there, find a good topic, find the right person to have the conversation with and then your, your product marketing team. You know what you pretty much know what's the important topic of the day. Get the right person on there. Talk about it. You know, don't don't necessarily try to limit yourself, you know, but have a decent sized conversation and then, you know, use it and then put it in the right places, frame it in the right uh, you know, way. And you'll be able to build on that, I think. Uh, that's fantastic. That's because that most people think about the the fact that that conversation may be too long, or they may think, "Well, I can repurpose it." But you're not really even talking about repurposing. You're just talking about slicing and dicing it, which is a little different, um, and it allows you to really drive home you know key points to it, and then also drive traffic to the if someone well you want more, you know you could check out the, you could check out the full content piece. Right. All right, Brent. We could go on for a very long time. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, why don't you just uh, tell people what's the best way to follow you, get in touch with you, keep up with the all things uh, BBC? <laughs> the Brent Broadcasting Channel. There it is. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, actually, you know, LinkedIn is probably, particularly from a business perspective, I've, that's where I'll, most of my videos end up either because I'm doing LinkedIn live streams or I'm just posting a lot of stuff. So that's probably, that might be the easiest, but also you can just Google my name and you'll see I'm at, you know, small biz trends and, you know, ZDNet and some other places, but I, the place I'm, I'm really putting a lot of the video stuff is right at LinkedIn. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, Brent. And thank you all for listening. Um, we'll catch you on the next C4L podcast. Looking forward to continuing the conversation. Mm-hmm.